Graphic Nature acknowledges the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record the show, and pay our respects to the Elders past, present and future, and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to this podcast. Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Fighting for what's right, for justice, that's what a hero does. It is my opinion, without any reasonable doubt and without any reservation, that comic books are an important contributing factor in many cases of juvenile delinquency. Comic books are pure evil. Satan himself condemns our children to the fiery depths of hell. How a particular tale can come to life in the mind of a reader is endlessly fascinating to me. We have found that all comic books have a very bad effect on teaching the youngest children the proper reading techniques. This balloon print pattern prevents that. I am not a villain. I am a victim. A victim of a society that tortured me. Vengeance will be mine. It'll be mine. It'll be mine. Welcome to Graphic Nature, a fortnightly podcast exploring the inspiring world of comic books, the culture that supports it, the creators, publishers and people behind the printed pages and digital screens, pushing the medium on into the future in Australia and the world. I'm Zoran Ilyevsky. On this episode, we're joined with Tatiana Davidson, a storyteller, creator and horror fan, I'm guessing. Yeah. So tell us uh, why why this fascination with with horror. I think I don't know. I think it kind of comes from when I was a little kid. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I used to spend a lot of time like home, just kind of by myself a lot of the time. It's like I used to kind of just get really afraid of really stupid things. <laughs> Sounds like me now. Um, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like I had really irrational fears and stuff. Like when I was a little kid, I saw this video of, it was about the deep sea. Like, I think it was a documentary from memory. And in it, it was like this, the giant deep sea squid was featured in it. And it's like, I never knew that that existed at that age. And I was like, I was terrified because it was just like, I didn't know the deep sea existed. And I didn't know this giant thing was like reality so I remember getting like absolutely scarred by that and like for years like as a tiny kid I'd like be afraid that there'd be one in my bed (laughs) and like (laughs) so it's like I had this fear of like tucked in covers because I wouldn't know whether or not a giant squid would be hiding in my bed and like I'd beg my mum to like pull the covers out and check for squids completely reasonable (laughs) Yeah, so I just, I don't know, I had a lot of really weird things like that. I don't know. I think I got to this point where I just really, I just really enjoyed being afraid in a weird yeah, right. way. Yeah, I just, I guess that kind of, that kind of went into the sort of things I enjoyed, like, watching when I was little. I don't know. Kind of, like, when I got a little bit older, like, about, like, 12-ish or something, it's like I started watching like David Lynch movies and stuff at 12 and yeah like I don't like I don't know really why I was watching this stuff it's like something about the way the way it looked and stuff really uh, like I just really it really resonated with me and I was just like oh man this is fantastic it's like I really hope you know I hope I can make something like this one day and like I used to I used to watch a lot of horror movies like when I was a teenager like just lots of really like trashy ones <laughs> The best kind? Like all the really gross grindhouse ones and stuff. Like, yeah. (laughs) For some reason, I just, I love horror. I think it's great. How did comics come about for you then? Like if you're watching all those horror films, you know, what's your history with comics and how did you get into comics? Well, I think it's like I've always been into like storytelling. Like, I don't know, I've always like just watched and like read a ton of stuff when I was young. Mm -hmm. Like I just kind of got it in my head that, it's like I really wanted to tell stories in some way. When I was a teenager, it's like I, I read a lot of like manga and like I was really into like Wet Moon, like this yep. comic by Sophie Campbell. 
and uh, like just lots of really trashy manga too, like just really garbage stuff. <laughs> not not garbage, but you know, like stuff yeah. for teenagers. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, and um, so like I started making comics when I was a teenager, and like they were just terrible. Like they were so bad. Um, they were just like unreadable, but you know, it's like, I, I kind of had a go at it. And like, meanwhile, it's like, I went to, I went to like this, um, illustration course because I just like, I knew I wanted to like draw for, you know, as a thing, like, I just knew I wanted to do that. So it's like, I studied illustration and like, I, I wanted to do animation, but there wasn't really there wasn't much available in my area, like to study that, yeah. like 2D animation. So, yeah. So, like, I went and did this course, and it was kind of focusing on training you up to be a commercial illustrator, doing stuff like storyboards and um, editorial illustration and yeah. stuff. The course was pretty good because they seemed to sort of acknowledge that everyone had their own kind of style, mm -hmm. and they tried their best to sort of just sort of use what people had and sort of like direct them to like a more um concise way of drawing that way you know if a kid was just wanting to sit around and make like grand theft auto fan art or something yeah. they'd just be like okay well you gotta you know that's that's for your own time it's like you gotta figure out like how to interpret things in your own way and you know yeah. um create something that can be used like can be applied to something yeah um so like that was like the sort of stuff they did. Like um like when I was in high school and did like an art course, it's like back then, you know, they they were very specific about how you should be drawing and they were like, you know, like, ugh, garbage, this looks like manga, get that out of here, you know? Like <laughs> so like compared to that, it's like the the course I did after school was a lot more um just open to how to develop your skills and you know, they kind of just give gave you stuff like um like life drawing and um, like encourage you to work in different mediums, mm -hmm. like um, how to like paint with different kinds of paints and um, work digitally and stuff like that. Um, and so I finished it and, you know, it's like I just kind of, I just really kind of wanted to make stories somehow. And, you know, I just kind of went to thinking like just with what I, like the sort of skills I had, it's like, just comics seems like the best idea. So um, I made my first comic, Blackfish. Which to, was, which was shortlisted uh, for the Allegra Awards. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I made it to sell it, to sell at markets because it's like, I just, like, I didn't really have much confidence <laughs> in my abilities or anything. So I was just like, I'll just, I'll make this little comic and like, I'll see how it goes. And, you know, like I sold it at markets and, you know, I think I think the first convention I went to, I sold like three copies or something. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like I just I really enjoyed making it, so I just decided I was like, yeah, this is this is for me. What so, was what was your confidence level like after they picked it up for the Ledger Awards? Um, <laughs> I was I was really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> like in real life, it's like there's not a lot of um, you don't get a lot of feedback really, like. I'm not really like regularly part of like a comic scene or anything yeah, like right. that. So most was, of the time it's like my work just, you know, it's, I don't hear much back about it at all apart yeah, from, right. you know, it's like every now and again, I get to talk to someone who's like really, really interesting and makes comics and stuff. And, you know, to hear like praise and stuff, it's just like, oh, wow. Okay. So I can actually make comics. All right. <laughs> Because you're based in Sydney, there's no group that you can connect with now as opposed to what it was like back then? Um, I think there's there's always been a bit of a scene, but I think I just kind of struggled to find it because, you know, like when I was young, I was a bit I was a bit shy. So it's like I didn't get out a whole lot. Yeah. I didn't find like, like I had, I had some really great like illustrator friends that I still like work with from time to time now mm -hmm. who are like really great. And I like go to them for like feedback all the time. But um. I just didn't find like a comic scene at that time. It feels like it's really growing in Sydney a fair bit. Like there's a lot more events and stuff. Well, up until recently, yeah. there's a lot more events to, 
go and meet people and stuff. So you're regularly connecting with these groups or with these people and or is it mainly just your illustrated mates? Probably mainly just my illustrated friends, yeah. but um yeah, like I've I've met a few more friends and you know it's it's nice. Like I don't I don't regularly like go out to any like comic groups or anything like that. There's a lot of nice talented people around. Yeah. Are you, are you still reading comics? Yeah, like uh, I started recently reading Scrooge, like the Scrooge comics, like the old Disney ones. Yeah. Um, I really like them. I think they're really funny. It's like I've always been interested in kind of the stuff that came out of that era of comics, I yeah. guess. Like a lot of the artists that I'm really into, um, I think kind of use that kind of Disney style, like the old Disney style is like a point of reference. You know, it's like I love Al Columbia, yep. the artist, and I love like the old Japanese horror comics, like mm -hmm. um, Drifting Classroom, and a lot of and that stuff, stuff. Like that, a lot of that stuff shows up in in your work, and and it just and I was looking at at your at some of your stuff just you know this morning and, and last night, and your work has gotten a lot uh, a lot cleaner over time, and like you look at oh, yeah. you look at something like Blackfish, and then you look at something like Mummy and and the the lines and just the way that you've that you've drawn things is, is, is they're not they're not too different. But I think you, you know the confidence in the way you're drawing is a lot is a lot stronger now and and a lot cleaner. Yeah, I think I've definitely gotten a bit better at inking. It's like when I was younger, it's like I was pretty pretty bad at inking because it's like I used to get into it and just be like just I don't know. It's like for some reason I, it just used to bore the hell out of me. For some reason, like when I got a bit older, it's like that actually started becoming one of my like favorite parts of the process. It's yeah, like, right. I really enjoy inking now for some reason. A lot of people I've spoken to have said that the inking is their favorite part. Yeah, it's like um, there's something really calming, like yeah, right. therapeutic about it. Like it's because you're not kinda... having to think or create at the you know you've already done all the work now. It's just finessing and it's kind of almost like a little bit like muscle memory kind of mm -hmm. like. You know, it's like you just put on some really good music and you can just like swish around and it's nice. <laughs> given given all the all the different influences, how important do you think it would be to read comics you know, as a creator and writer or an artist as yourself? I think it's very important. Like, um, <laughs> like I kind of think, you know, if you're any kind of creator, you pretty much just need to be like, I, I kind of think like, most creators I've noticed that are just really good are people who have like, it's like they've developed a taste from consuming so much different kinds of media. You know, it's like comics are a big part of that. Like you need to, you need to have an opinion of what you're making before you make it. Otherwise yeah. you're just gonna just keep on making the same mistakes that other people have made before they got better. And it's like on top of, having like a recent like a decent knowledge of comics it's like I think you also need to expand out and like have an interest in just any direction like um like a lot of the people who influence me like as well as comic book artists are also like illustrators and stuff mm -hmm. like like I'm a massive fan of um Jamie Hewlett's work like I think everything he draws is just absolutely amazing I really like this artist called like Kaneoya Sachiko yeah. And like she just draws all of these really like it's got nothing to do with my work in a way, but it's like I'm always thinking about her because I love the way she illustrates because it's like she just draws these really, really messed up, um, like almost like pinup illustrations. Yeah, right. Um, but it's like it's this really it's this weird thing because it feels like like a complete horror, like it, you feel such this sense of dread when you look at her work and but at the same time it's just like completely like the colors are so like vibrant and pink and bright and like i don't know it's like this i don't know it's very good <laughs> one of my favorite artists is sylvia jai and, and a lot of the stuff that she did was it was all that sugar skull kind of um mexican inspired a day of the dead oh, kind yeah. of artwork the first time i saw some of her stuff I, I initially I was freaked out and every time I walked into the art shop there it was it was you know one of her one of her big pieces and it cost a fortune I was never going to buy it but every time I went in there and I saw it it would just there was something about it and I just 
and I don't know if it was because you know there were these two Victorian era ladies with you know with you know a big big bosom but yet they look like ghouls and that and I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know what it was about that damn picture but um I started I started uh looking into a lot of her artwork and she was amazing I bought a whole bunch of pieces over the years but uh I even got to meet her once so that which was great but yeah it was that that was that first kind of uh exposure to to her work was just it, it was pretty much what you described it was just this really weird of why do I find this so appealing, but it's scaring the shit out of me? Yeah, it's just this really weird mixture of elements that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it was it was a little disturbing because I didn't think I paid any paid any attention to it when I first when I first saw it. I just looked at it and going, that's weird, and just kept walking. But then every time I walked in there to look at other stuff, like going, why why are those why why is that art just freaking me out? But I'm I just can't stop looking at it. It was uh, really bizarre. Yeah. Is mainly horror the most appealing, the horror genre? Is that where you particularly want to stay or have you tried branching out? Well, I kind of, I guess in the future maybe it's like I might like to sort of, I might like to try and do something that's a little bit outside of horror. Yep. Like, like I guess a lot of the stuff I really like are like the kind of things that kind of don't quite, it's like I like a lot of like full-on genre horror stuff that's, you know, it's, it's very straightforward. But it's like on top of that, it's like I think my most favorite kind of things are the kind of stories that don't really fit into one particular genre and you kind of have a little bit of a hard time labeling it as that. Yeah. Like I'm a huge fan of like um, The Wicker Man, <laughs> like that, that horror movie. The original well, or the remake? <laughs> um. <laughs> The, the original yeah right yeah um uh yeah it's like i i really like the way that movie um there's a lot about it that you could almost not call it a horror film because like the way it's shot is like just the lighting and stuff like that it's like it feels like you're watching kind of uh like a mystery more than a horror yeah the kind of themes of it aren't really like specifically horror like um kind of like the exorcist um yeah yeah kind of like the exorcist like um and like i i feel like david lynch kind of fits into that category too like um uh and like Lars von Trier movies too like i really like his movies because it's like it's worse than a horror like it's just it's so it's so depressing and bleak and like subversive and stuff but it's like you wouldn't quite fit it into horror and it's like I think I think I have a lot of admiration for those kind of stories because in a way it's kind of better because the audience goes in not knowing what to expect and it almost like kind of makes you feel more unsettled by not knowing what you're watching like where it's going yeah um yeah it's like I think that's the best like um I don't know, like it's the, like in a way it's not horror, but it's the most effective way to um, get across like a feeling of unease. Just on that, I'm assuming you're trying to replicate that in your own work. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, you, do you feel like you've, you've, you've nailed it where you're, you're making people feel a little bit, oh, a little bit, you know, uneasy? <laughs> I, I think I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I guess it's always kind of what I'm trying to do where it's like, I guess... I like the idea of sort of giving the audience like a, a preconceived like notion of what's going to happen when they start reading a story. It's yeah. like kind of being aware of what people already expect when they go into that sort of thing. And then I like kind of revealing information and like sort of turning it into something that they weren't expecting, you know, like in Blackfish, like to spoil it a bit, it's like, the way, you know, it's like you're kind of focusing on the the creature in Blackfish, but then the the character in it turns out to be more malicious yeah. and sinister than the, the creature in yeah. it. And it's like, um, I think there's something about that, that it's like, that's the kind of story I want to tell because I think in real life, it's like, that's part of what disturbs you the most is um, it's kind of realizing that you're capable of being evil (laughs) like I don't know like I think 
it's kind of like I kind of like that sort of um, idea because it's kind of both like a negative and a positive thing, you know. Like um, I don't know about positive, but <laughs> it's probably. Uh, but it's good though because it's like when you acknowledge stuff like that, it's yeah, like yeah, you yeah. Get, you can be like, right, that none of that gotta gotta shape up, you know. <laughs> Taking all that into account, how do you develop? And I just so let's let's go with blackfish, considering we've just spoken about it. You know, was it something that was in your head for quite a while? Did you start formulating it as you were working on it? Like, where did it come from, and how did you go about putting it together? Um, well, with blackfish, it's like I think back then, it's like I just I didn't quite know how the story is put together, really, like in a comic. So yep. you know, it's like I think I had this, you know, like from all the squid stuff from when I was a kid. It's like I just had this sort of fear of the deep sea and stuff, <laughs> and um, and it's like I just I really like looking at those kinds of fish and like, like anglefish and those giant sharks and stuff. And so I think I started with that, where it's like the idea of um this little innocent looking fish kind of like transforming into something really unfamiliar and horrible mm -hmm. and kind of like its influence on a kid. Cause it's like, I don't know, for some reason I'm always just obsessed with like childhood horror stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I just kind of started off just kind of thinking like, right, that's, 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 that's what I want to do. You know, I got out some paper and just started writing out a little script and then I pretty much just like, took it over and started drawing it. But um, I don't I don't work that way anymore because it's like I've kind of found a better process yep. now. You know, like I start off with those ideas, like with an idea like Blackfish and like I sort of write it in the back of a book and it's like the list just keeps on growing because it's like I just write down anything, yeah. anything that seems, you know, noteworthy. But I kind of at the same time don't really pay that much attention to the list because it's like most of the time the ideas that are, that are worth going on with stay in your head anyway. Yeah. And so it's like, I kind of give it a bit of time and then like, just kind of the ones that just keep staying with me, I go like, okay, that's, that's what I want to, that's what I want to keep going with. Mm -hmm. Um, so I take that idea and sort of, I do a little outline and like sometimes with the outline, I'll draw it in little, um, kind of like little flashcards almost yep. like little bits of paper and I'll just draw like you know like one like it's not even really a panel it's just like a little sketch of yep. like the idea um and then like I'll write a little note under it and then it's like I'll like swap out the cards when I don't like certain points of the outline that I've done right and like keep on like swapping them out and changing it until I can kind of like I have a little bit of a visual image because I've drawn little kind of shorthand sketches of what I'm thinking of yep until like I can kind of see that it's working so then I'll probably go from there and like write the script like the process changes a little bit every time but it's like normally like from there I'll write a script mm -hmm. and then going off the script and the little little thumbnails I'll then go on to like the actual page layout yeah right and so I'll start um I'll start planning the panels and getting the right information in there and um like it's all on I do it on paper like on really scrap kind of disposable kind of paper because it's like I kind of feel like it kind of locks me in less, you know, yeah, like it's right. just like, Oh, you know, I'll just draw it out really fast. And it's, if it's no good, I'll, I'll chuck out this page and, you know, and I'll <laughs> yeah. keep going and um, I'll build, I'll build a little comic book. So it's like, I can actually like flip through it. So like, I'll, I'll be flipping through like the, um, like the sketched out layout. Yeah. It kind of, it helps because, because I can kind of, I really like those sort of, in horror comics, like the sort of page reveal, like when you reveal like the horrendous, like, um, yeah, like just the reveal in the story. Like, um, I think like Junji Ito does that really well. Um, is, is that, and I you, think like you talking about when you say page reveal, uh, you're thinking about where you're putting the reveal in terms of where it is in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, um, you know, like if you have like a physical printed out book and you have like facing pages Yep. and then if you have, um, something that you want to, you want to surprise people with or something, it's mm -hmm. like, you don't want to put it on the right hand the side. opposite page. Yeah. Yep. 
uh, yeah, yeah. And um, so it's like, it's almost like you kind of want to pace out the story so that the surprising parts are on, on, um, oh yeah, sorry, actually like the left-hand side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, when you have like a little, um, roughed out book of it, it's like, it makes it clear like what works and what doesn't. I'm I'm Um, so glad you said that because I, I, I don't know if I've said this before, Tatiana, but I'm sure that most of the listeners out there probably know. I've been reading comics for a very long time. And the one thing that annoys me the most is when people don't think about where they're placing things like reveals. So if you're going to put something in there that's going to either scare the shit out of somebody, surprise somebody, or, you know, they're probably the main things, but, you know, those kind of reveals that you talk about. When I see people who are working in professional uh, instances in comics particularly, and they haven't thought about those things that you've just mentioned, it drives me insane. And I'm so glad to hear you say that you think about that all the time. It makes me feel so much better because it is really, it is really annoying. And I don't understand why anyone who's working in comics just doesn't get that. Like anybody, like I get it. You know, I get it. If you spend a lot of, a little bit of time, then there's the small reveal to fake with the big reveal. But you know, it's nothing annoys me more than, you know, reading a book and then, already you know even if i'm trying not to look at that right hand page i can still see what's going on before i get to the left hand page to read it so yeah and i'm sure it works the same if you're reading uh japanese books which are right to left you know the same kind of deal it's the same concept that works but um you know yeah but that's great you can't um it's like you can't turn your brain off like Mm. i don't know it's like your eyes just always drawn because it's like like you know those kind of panels are always the ones that are the most like beautifully Or dynamic, yeah, yeah. So it's like your eye, like you know, the minute the minute you turn the page, your eye is always drawn to you know the most fun thing on the page. Yeah, in advertising, that's why you know years and years ago, when particularly in commercial comics, whenever they would have all those advertisements, they would always put them more often than not on the right hand page. And the same goes for a lot of advertising, whether it be you know uh, magazines or whatnot. For the most part, you know they they actually charge so much more for that right hand page because when you flip the page it's the first one your eyes go to and that makes it really hard mm-hmm. in comics so you know i'm so happy to hear you say that <laughs> oh, thanks but so, yeah so yeah. like after yeah like after that part of the process yeah so it's like i have this little book at the end of it and so i'll scan it in mm-hmm. and like so i start working digitally from that point Right. Okay. I don't know. It's like some of the some of the illustrations, like the the drawings, will already be pretty like fleshed out, like in the way I want them for the rough. But like mostly, it needs a lot of um, uh, like redrawing and stuff. Yep. So um, like I kind of set it out at like A4 size, and um, yeah, like I pretty much just like that's when I do all the decent quality drawing. <laughs> I don't know if it's decent quality. I don't know. Yeah. So I kind of. I, I finish the rough stage and then I go on to like inking it digitally then. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like let's say for with Blackfish, was that how you would do it? Would you do it digitally or did you do that um, by hand? All of my comics I've always inked digitally. Yeah, right. Because of, yeah, just because I've heard, I've heard some other artists talk about it on your podcast before, like just because just of time, like time yeah. and costs, yeah, right. you know. Um, and I've also like, I'm just really comfortable with Photoshop because I've just been using it since, since I was 12 or something. And it's just, um, <laughs> it's just the one, like I'm just comfortable, but it's like, I do, I do think like traditional work is, you know, it is the more ideal way to work, but yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you've, you've worked on it, books done. Uh, and I'm assuming you're just going to a, uh, to a print house or a local print house or, you know, you might have a relationship with somebody. Once that's done, do you, do you say, or, well, um, I'll PDF it, chuck some stuff online and then just selling at markets or do you, do you try and promote it any other way? The main way that I get my comics out is by going to, going to like markets, like, um, you know, like comic festivals and zine, zine fairs and mm-hmm. stuff, um, and like selling them to you know, people in like face to face, but, um, it's like, I sort of, like, I sort of dabble a little bit in trying to promote my comics online, but I think, I think I'm just not very good at it (laughs) at the moment because I don't know. 
I have like an abysmal like online following and it's like I think I just I don't do it the right way like I don't I don't update regularly and I'm really bad at keeping people like up to date with what's going on and stuff but it's it's definitely something I'd like to get better at but I think you know promotion wise it's always been it's been markets mostly that um you know where the comics like seem to find their audience the best and have you noticed like going over so many I don't know so many times that the your your sales are increasing yeah yeah like over time it's like um they're just like there seems to be like more people sort of turning up who've already you know they've read a couple of the the short stories and you know they're interested in getting into the bigger one like midnight mummy and you know just like a few more fans and stuff like that which is nice that's cool you're listening to graphic nature we'll return right after this short message hey thanks for listening hope you're enjoying the show please jump on facebook and like us as well as following us on twitter and instagram you can find all the details on the website graphicnature.media thanks very much have you ever received much negative or possibly constructive criticism for, for some of the books or some of the work in the books? Yeah. Like there's been, there's been a little bit like, um, you know, it's like mostly, mostly when I put comics out, it's like, I don't really, I don't really get a lot of bad, a lot of bad feedback. Cause most of the time if people don't like it, they just don't, they don't say anything. Yeah. It's like, I have had like a fair few people, like kind of turn up and just be like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> like, <they're just> like, <laughs> what? it doesn't make sense. Like, what? Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's fine. Cause I think, I think my comics aren't really, they're not for everyone. So that's, it's understandable. Like, I think, um, the main thing that puts off a lot of people off my comics is, um, I think a lot of people aren't into the fact that I draw them in sort of like a childlike style, like, uh, yeah, right. um you know they pick it up and it reminds them of disney and you know what they're familiar with and it's like they're not so much familiar with like all that manga kind of more mature reader kind of stuff so they just they assume it's for kids yeah right i've never and, thought um, about it that way yeah it's like i think um yeah it's just like a lot of people just have that in their heads and you know it's it's understandable and i think sometimes that that goes pretty badly because then it's like they really don't like how gross it gets sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's like, there's some other people who kind of, you know, like with midnight mummy, it's like, I used a kind of weird way of pacing out the story. Like there's kind of a weird time shift thing going on where the story goes back and forth. And I think, um, like some people weren't so into that, but I was, I was, I was happy with it. So, well, that's what matters <laughs> in the end, doesn't it? As long as you're happy with it. I really enjoy making them. And it's like, it feels like, um, you know, the main, the medium that I can actually just work in the way I want to work that I have a fun time doing. So that's, that's why I do it really. Yeah. 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 I I imagine. Um, But yeah, it's also, it's really nice to connect with like other people who kind of think similarly and stuff. Like that's great. Do you, do you run your concepts by anybody or is it just you, you know, it's like, no, this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it. Um, I kind of, um, like at the start, like when I first get the ideas, like I kind of, I keep it to myself a bit because they're really roughly fleshed out and they mm-hmm. just sound really nutty <laughs> explaining them to other people. Yeah. But, um, once I have like a more fleshed out kind of outline or something, it's like, I normally, I normally like check in with like a couple of my friends who like, um, you know, they're into similar stuff as me and they have like kind of a similar sense of humor and you know, it's, um, yeah, I normally check with them and see if what I'm making is making any sense at all. Yeah, fair enough. Have you ever had something that someone says, well, I don't know about that. And, and have you, you know, has it, has it been a thing where you've, where you've kind of gone, all right, uh, how do I make this better? Or, you know, have you had to change much in that kind of situation? Um, yeah, there's, there's been like a couple of times, like, like I can't think of anything specific, but I know with Midnight Mummy, it's like there are one or two bits in it that um, I just kind of would come up with an idea or like kind of a, a way of like revealing information. And then, you know, I'd check with one of my friends and they'll just be like, yeah, this doesn't really, this doesn't really come across. Like, I don't know what you're trying to do by picking this. So it's like, you know, I'll, I'll go back and be like, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense outside of my own head. So <laughs> I better change that. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, and, that happens every now and again. Oh, I, I imagine. I mean, that's just that's just kind of part of the creative process, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Are you intentionally uh, looking to kind of you know do things that wouldn't necessarily fit in a comic book to see if they would work? Do you do that often, or is it, or like in the case of Mummy, was it no? The story really needs needs this kind of time warping, time shifting concept. It was kind of, I guess the the reason that I did that in Midnight Mummy was like, I kind of set out, <laughs> it's like, again, like I just started off with these ideas that were just really silly, <laughs> but it's like, I was just like, yeah, I, re- I really want to do this. Um, uh, like I had it in my head that I'm kind of going off topic a little bit, but um, I'd, I'd watched my friend play, um, man, what's it called? Um, it's this, this video game called like WarioWare. I think it's called. Um, and there's a little segment of this kid hiding in bed playing a video game and his mom keeps like passing by. And like the point of the game is that you have to play a video game, but like hide whenever your mom checks in. Yeah, right. And um, <laughs> like, it, it's really silly, but it's like um, something about the idea of this kid's own mom standing outside the window, like peering in and staring at him. And it's like, you get kind of scared and like, it's a really tense game. And it's like, I just thought that idea was like really weird. So it's like, just that sort of stuck in my head. Like the idea of like, just a mom standing outside the window, staring in, (laughs) like just that kind of stuck in my head. And it's like, I also watched um, this movie called like Hider in the House, which is like, again, like a really kind of silly grindhouse movie with like Gary Boozy. And he's like hiding in this family's walls, (laughs) like looking in on them and they don't know he's there. (laughs) But it's like, you know, so it's like, I just started off with like these two ideas and I'm just like, I really like that. And it's like, I sort of combined them together. So yeah, it's like, I started off with that point. And so I kind of knew that it was this sort of story that it was going to be a longer comic. That's like kind of, I guess you'd call it like bigger in scope than like my other short stories. So I just started, I knew that I wanted it to be about from the point of view of all of the three main characters in the story. So like I sort of started um, like sort of roughly getting out just the story of like each person. Yep. And I kind of realized that the sort of information in each person's story, the weight, the, um, the sort of weight of each person's point of view, you don't want it to happen in the right order because I think the information you want to get across, it has more impact to reveal it after something, like even if it's not in chronological order, if that, if I'm saying that right, like, so. um, it's kind of like, uh, for the story to work, like for, yeah, yeah, for it to work, you have to place, yeah, you have to drip feed certain information about certain characters for the whole thing to work in the way that you want it to work. Am I yeah, understanding? Yeah, yeah, like um that's right. Like um like for example, there's this part of the comic that's kind of um where you find out um the not the midnight mummy, like the actual mum's um uh like upbringing mm-hmm. and um that sort of it adds a bit of weight to the way she acts like at the time that the story's taken place. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, I guess it's pretty much a flashback anyway, so you wouldn't put that in chronological order, but it's kind of like you want to place that bit of information in the right part of the story. Like, you know, I guess, I guess it's the second act um, because to sort of give it this feeling of, mystery it's like you don't want the character to understand too much about the mum because it sort of it sets up the kid and his sort of naivety like better because it's like I kind of wanted the audience to go into the story with naivety like not understanding much and only having like this sort of childlike narration yeah and then it's like as the story goes on it sort of grows in like sort of emotional depth yeah and so it's kind of like you know, it's like you start off with the child and then you go to the adult and then you go to the the unknown creature. I think that sort of uh, like the events kind of being out of place, like just kind of, you know, I think that makes that work. And 
So it's like I didn't go into it kind of saying I want to make a story out of order. It's just um, it's just what told the story best. I yeah, think. right. Would you do something like that again? Like let's say for for a next project where you might you might start playing with the form a little bit more as opposed to just or is it just whatever makes the story land better? That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just whatever whatever serves the story right. It's like that's um, that's what I try to do. Like when I set out to make something, it's like pretty much, you know, it's like I start off with, you know, the sort of little imagery and like set pieces and stuff in my head. And um, then it's like when the story develops, it's like then like after I kind of know what kind of story I'm trying to tell, that's kind of like when I start making decisions on how how I'm going to present that, you know, to the reader. Like, um yeah, like I think it's just um, it's definitely really important just to just to try and make the most kind of readable story rather than anything that's like trying to be too um, too fancy or like show off your your, <laughs> your skill too much or something. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite part of the process? And you did mention inking, but like when you're formulating the idea, do you really enjoy the drawing or the writing? Um, I really enjoy roughing it out like um doing like the super rough like thumbnailing the pages Mm -hmm. um that's the part i enjoy the most because it's like it's a really fun combination of like sort of like drawing the characters kind of getting them like starting to speak and like you know putting them in context and just getting to come up with all the fun little details and stuff and like kind of seeing like whether your idea is actually starting to work. It's like, I think that part of the process is really exciting. I think the, the writing stage, it's like the one I always find the most like harrowing. Yeah. Right. Um, it's yeah. It's like, I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of, I don't have a lot of confidence in my writing. So it's like, I always like just have to work really hard at it before I start liking it. Yeah. It's like, I think, I think, um, just like when you get to combine like the writing and, pictures together is kind of like when I start getting less terrified you know I don't think I've met many people in all the conversations I've had about comics many people who have turned around and said yeah my writing is awesome (laughs) I think everybody everybody doubts their own kind of their own ability and you know particularly in the early stages of whatever it is that they're working on I think it's just yeah it's just always gonna be gonna be a bit harrowing (laughs) And you're exclusively just doing, you know, just like shorts or even like in the case of Midnight Mummy, doing something a little longer. Are you, have you thought about doing projects online or like specifically for online purposes rather than pumping out books? I don't know. Like, I guess I might, I might maybe do it in the future, but um, I do, I just, I really like the idea of like physical books <laughs> because... It's like there's something really exciting about just like holding a book in your hands and like turning the pages and it feels like it just feels really special. Like even though like I I do like reading online comics and stuff anyway, I think there's just something about picking up a book that I just really like. So it's like I hope I hope I can keep doing that, but I might I might switch over to like like digital comics if, you know, that ever seems to be what people want more, you know. Are you actually working on anything new at the moment? Well, at the moment, there's like there's actually something kind of really exciting going on with Midnight Mummy. Oh, like Whoa. it's um. Can you you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. I can cut it out, but please tell me. <laughs> well, um, it's kind of I'm not. I don't think I should talk too much about it because it's like it's pretty early days. But um, it's been it's been optioned by like an animation studio. Wow, that's amazing. So I'm really I'm really excited about that. That's I've great just been news. Sort of, we'll we'll see how it, it turns like how it all pans out. But it's like I've been sort of um you know being involved with what's been going on so far, which has been like so much fun. Computer generated or is it two D animation? What kind of animation is it? Uh it's it's two D animation. Oh wow! Like that's man, that's great news. That's awesome. So good. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> what about comics wise? Um, comics wise, I'm, I'm on to like, I'm, I'm starting the next, um, I'm going to make another horror, horror collection. Okay. Um, like I an guess, anthology with other people or just yourself? We'll see how it turns out, but it's like, I might have a, a friend working on it with me for like one or two of the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it'll be like a lot of horror shorts again. 
And um, so I've started, I started writing them. It's like all the, all the COVID stuff kind of knocks me <laughs> off my feet a bit. Um, uh, yeah. How is, how, how are you traveling? Is it, is it, has it been a productive time for you? Oh no. Like I've been, <laughs> I've been terrible. <laughs> yeah. It was like, um, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of really bad, like really bad life stuff happened during oh, okay. it. So, um, right. yeah, it's not, it's not been good. So I just kind of, unfortunately I've not been very productive, but I'm starting to, starting to like, you know, things are sort of finally starting to get back to normal and I'm able to like work again. So well, <laughs> I hope that wasn't, wasn't too darker way to say no, that. No, 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 no. I think a lot of people are, are pretty much going through a very similar, very similar thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that whole thing of, well, I've got all this time now I can be creative, but on the other hand, it's like everyone's feeling really shit. You know, in in some cases, you want to be going about your your regular daily routines and and feeling good about yourself and feeling good about life, to be able to create in most instances. And I think, you know, even I, I found even myself with the podcast. You know, it it was just you you just dealing with so much uh, mentally every day, and then all the uh, all the Black Lives Matter stuff started going on in the states, and it's just mm. like, geez, what can what else can happen? Like, you know, yeah, you know, when's things gonna get so better? You just start really like, I don't know, like you start like really questioning like the purpose of what you do. Like, yeah, it can like, be tough. What, like, like what yeah. world do you live in? Like what needs to exist at the moment? Like I don't know. Yeah, I think that that's kind of been the hardest thing is for a lot of a lot of creatives, uh, you know, for a lot of creatives around the world, you know, have lost a lot of their livelihoods, and then you kind of go, well. You know, I've got this podcast where I interview comic creators, you know, from Australia and sometimes, you know, from overseas. And and then, you know, you turn on the news and there are th- hundreds of thousands of people dying, uh, the people in the streets, um, you know. You just go, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, yeah. everything's so, yeah, like- so fucked at the moment. Um, I don't <laughs> know that like- a podcast <laughs> matters. Like, you know, it's that thing of... If so much is going on in the world, you know, you, you start questioning going is, is, you know, there's so many, so many more important things happening. Is, is this really, you know, is this really important? And I went through those moments quite a lot. In the end, it was just like, well, there are people out there that may want, if, even if it is just for an hour, uh, an escape from, from reality. Well, then I've got the means. Why not? engage with with people and, and maybe just kind of you know switch off for an hour while you're listening to someone else talk about their creative process and and you know their work and it took me a while to get to there so yeah you know i i, I get it i get it and there's been quite a quite a few people that are you know friends and friends of friends who have, who have had some really dark days uh over the last few months it's a strange time in the world yeah well like i know with me it's like kind of I think like the way I started thinking about it was like, you know, like what a lot of people have been saying lately is like, it's kind of, it's art that got me through this, you know, it's like, it's like, I'd just be, you know, sitting around just being so, you know, like so depressed and it's like, I don't, I literally don't know what to do. And it's like, so you put on a show and it's like, you know, and it's like, it's not even necessarily escapism. Like, like with me, it's like, I, you know, it's like I put on shows that, um, you know, like I started watching this show called Flowers yep. that I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of about, it's about depression and like sort of surviving as a family with depression in the family. And it's, it's really funny and it's really good. And it's like, I think that kind of art, like it helps you process what you're going through. And it's like, it's actually, to me, it's like, it's so useful. Like it, um, it um it like helps you arrange like all the mess that's like going on in your head and all of that like um and I think you know because of that kind of stuff I was like sort of looking at it's like you know it reminded me that it's like art during really hard confusing times is like really really important and it helps people you know so mm-hmm. like even if you're telling subversive yucky stories it's like <laughs> it still helps in a weird way yeah <laughs> and podcasts too like yeah well yeah i mean i i always get a kick out of it and with all the downtime that i had and it was like hell even i started working my own comic because it was like well you oh, know cool you know it's 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 fun and much like what you say my favorite part is is actually working out the puzzle 
Like once it's yeah. done, then it's kind of, oh, this is a bit boring now. Now I've got to do all the dumb stuff. But when you're sitting there and it's, you know, you know, it's just, the, oh, you know, that doesn't really work. That panel doesn't work. So I'll change that out and I'll do this. Or, you know, what's another idea that I can incorporate in there that's going to make it, you know, make it just seem like I know what I'm doing. You know, it is, it's, it's, that's the best part. So I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm almost finished thumbnailing and then it'll be a prelim layouts and then, then it'll be drawing <laughs> and then I'll see what happens after that. But, oh, that's heaps cool. Um, did you say it was like your first comic? Or, it is, um, it is. Have you, oh, awesome. That's great. Yeah. So like I said earlier, I've read so many comics and I've, and I've, you know, I've been a reader since I was like fucking seven or eight. So I've read a lot of comics in my years. I'm, you know, I'm a lot older now, and um, and it's that that's that whole thing of I've been a reader all my life, and ha- have I actually learnt anything? You know what I'm saying? So it's mm, it's that yeah. whole thing of do I even have anything that's worth telling? You know, do I have a story that's worth telling? Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens when I put it together. <laughs> it sounds like you have um, like one of the most useful skills of being a creator is like having having a very good point of reference for what it is you're making and what your tastes are and you know like what we're talking about before it's like that's that's a very useful skill to have it is but it's also that whole thing of looking up the mountain and going fucking hell that's a massive mountain (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah when i was a kid you know i'd have exercise books filled with you know superheroes and coming up with you know, basically just shittier versions of what already existed and stuff that I'd read, um, but never got anywhere, didn't do anything and would have, you know, conversations with friends over the years about, you know, we could do this, we could do that, and but never actually did anything about it. And mm, yeah. but it's very different after all these years and, and, you know, talking to people about comics for years and, and interviewing and reading and reading books about reading comics and all that kind of crazy shit and then turn around going holy fuck, like there's just so much shit that you need to keep in your mind when you're doing this. <laughs> rather than, rather than you know, as a kid or when you're younger, you're just going to go, I just want to do a fucking comic. And you just write it <laughs> and you just draw it and you don't give a shit. You know, so it's that coming at it from a different perspective of going, well, if I'm going to do anything, it's got to be good because, you know, I've spent a lot of my years talking to other people about comics and saying, no, that's shit, no, that's shit, no, that's shit. <laughs> You know, and yeah, then, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying, and and you kind of go, well, fuck. If I do this, there's going to be people going, that's shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like to like to already have the um, uh, like that sort of thing to like the starting point of um having the public know that you've criticized others yeah. <laughs> and stuff like yeah, that. Like them to be like, yeah, my work. Oh my god! Oh jeez! Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's that 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 whole that whole part of it is kind of. I I I would imagine it's the same for a lot of people who love comics who have contemplated going in and and doing their own, but then going, well, hang on a second, I may have been reading, but what the fuck do I know? Um, yeah. And so it's that, it's like it's such a curse being an adult. It's just like <laughs> it's like just your. Yeah, and like um, uh, self, like insecurities. It's yeah. just like it's so like it weighs down so bad it's on a, you. It's a different level of uh, self criticism because it's it's different when you're a kid and you run into it, or even when you're in your early twenties or you know mid teens and you run around. And you're going, yeah, man, I, you know, I'm, you know, you're, you're calling yourself an artist. You you love comics and you're getting into it, and then later on, you, you know. You, you've got other responsibilities and you know, the, the, the dream is always there, but you just, you never take that step because the, in the back of your mind, you're recounting all the times you've gone, Oh, you know, oh, I don't like that artist or that story sucked. Cause that dude didn't know what he was doing and blah, blah, blah. Even though, you know, they're professionals and they're getting thousands and thousands of dollars for every comic that they've yeah. done. You're still going, you're still calling them out because you didn't like it. Uh, that, that part's pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, the other thing, too, I reckon that's really good about, like, you know, like, if if you're the sort of person that was, like, a really cynical teenager, it's, like, I think, actually, like, when you make the next step and you start making your own stuff, it's, like, it almost kind of, like, it really helps you develop as a person because it's sort of, like, it almost makes you, like, snap out of, like, your teenage brain of just kind of sitting back and just, like, judging everything else. And it's just, like... 
when you have to be a part of that and making your own stuff, it's like it, it makes you treat the rest of the world a lot more compassionately because you're like, oh, this is how things actually work. And I was being a horrible jerk. <laughs> For the most part, a lot of people who read comics don't know don't know what it takes to put something together, yeah. to work on it. But looking at somebody busting their nuts putting something together and it doesn't matter the, the level of quality the mere fact that they've put this together and they're sitting at a table at a convention now and they're saying this yeah. is my comic it's a lot more than what yeah. a lot of other people have done you know? yeah like like i reckon like healthy criticism is good like you know it's like people should have a right to you know comment on what they're reading and stuff but it's like it definitely puts things in perspective a lot more oh like, yeah you know? Yeah, that's, that's, well, that's like that seems exciting. Like, congratulations. Well, thank you, thank you. I mean, again, it's it's that whole thing of this is my first go at it, and so I may fall flat on my face. I don't know, and it may just well be that no one ever sees it. But the fact of of going, you know, going through it and doing it is probably the most important part for me at this stage. Because never thought, I to be honest, I never even contemplated getting this far into it, even though. You know, when you think about it, you start doing it, you go, I should have done this years ago. Like, it's not that hard to mm. actually sit down yeah. and, you know, work it out. You know, you know yeah, like once simple. you actually get started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, hmm, we'll see what happens. It's really nice to hear. Like, it's like I love, really love hearing anyone having a, you know, having any kind of positivity at the moment. It's really, really nice. You, you mentioned a little bit about some of the, some of your creative heroes. In comics specifically, are there any are there any uh, others that light your fire when you when you're looking at their stuff? Okay, so I guess some people that I get like really really excited about like pretty much any time I make a comic. One of them would be uh, uh, like Kazuo Umezu. I think I brought him up earlier. Who makes like Drifting Classroom? Mm-hmm. It's like Drifting Classroom. I've got in mind like pretty much any time I start making a comic because I just. I just love that. It's like, it's such a good story with like, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's got a really odd feeling to it and it feels really surreal and horrible. And, you know, it's like, I really like his work. Um, and I really like, um, Emily Carroll. Okay. Like, I think her, um, her short horror stories are like, that was like, you know, like what, like reading her stories was like a big part of like what got me like actually starting to make comics. Oh, wow. Um, like, you know, not, not the crappy teenage comics, like the proper comics. Yeah. Um, it's like just kind of seeing the way she told stories. is like, you know, it was really um, inspiring. Um, and I really like, uh, um, I really like Suhiro Marua, if you've heard of him. No, I haven't. Um, he, <laughs> he kind of, um, he comes across as like a maniac, like when you read his comics, like um, he made this one called um, Mr. Mr. Arashi's Amazing Freak Show, I think it's called. Okay. Um, and it's it's like horrible, like the, the content of it is just like, like absolutely despicably horrible, but it's like he tells it with such a weird sort of, sense of humor that kind of makes it work like yeah, it's really. really it's really surreal it's about a girl she's a servant to a bunch of like like a traveling freak show and she pretty much just has to work for them but they just like treat her terribly <laughs> and it's like i think she's she gets stuck like working as um is it called the geek like the person who who rips the heads off chickens in a freak show with her teeth. Maybe. I don't know. Like, it's just, yeah. It's very funny and horrible. His, his art style is, like, just, it's really beautiful and odd. Like, um, it's like a manga, but it doesn't, it doesn't look much at all like a manga. Yeah, like, right. it almost kind of feels like a, like a, like maybe a, um, almost like a German expressionist movie or yeah, something right. like that. Like, Holy shit kind of bit of like a cabinet of dr caligari kind of feeling to it yeah right it's good yeah um, I'm, i must say i'm not very familiar with a lot of a lot of the japanese stuff i know a, a little but my i was always shoehorned into a lot of the american kind of stuff and so that's where a lot of my uh you know a lot of my recognition a lot of my uh knowledge comes from 
so it's you know not particularly oh, yeah. great. But but nowadays, even more so than ten years ago, where where a lot of comics are coming from, particularly good ones, uh, there are now there are now. 10, 11, 12, 15 really good publishers that are coming up with really great concepts. Uh, so even, you know, a lot of the, to be honest, a lot of the superhero stuff, I don't really read much anymore. There might be one or two that are doing really interesting things, but for the most part, it's, I get really sucked into by all the strange and new, newish kind of concepts, apart from all the zombie shit. I'm, I've had enough of zombies. Everybody's got a zombie okay. book. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's like um there's a bit of like zombie fatigue in like what was it, like 2015 or around that time maybe try 2019 oh. 2020 oh right okay oh, so i'm talking about myself specifically <laughs> sure yeah yeah, oh, yeah it's like i like zombies but i i think a lot of the stories about them maybe are a bit just churned out maybe yeah i'm surprised that there Not people a lot are... of new no no and, and even even then you kind of go Wow, it's just a zombie story wrapped in another story. And it's kind of like, come on, man. Really? Zombies? That's it? We're still doing zombies for 50 years? Yeah. Well, it feels like that anyway. <laughs> but yeah. But there are some really interesting things happening with uh, with some other kind of smaller publishers, which is really good, which is really good. But now, now, you know, now with the way the world's gone, uh, I'd, who knows? Who knows? We'll see what happens. Tatiana, thank you so much for for being part of the show and for coming on. It's been awesome to chat. Thanks heaps for having me on. You're very welcome. It was really nice. And uh, I look forward to your new projects coming out very soon. Definitely. Thank you so much. It's been great. That's the end of this episode of Graphic Nature. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please rate and review the show on whatever podcast service you use. It'll be greatly appreciated. If you have any thoughts regarding the show, feel free to send an email to feedback at graphicnature.media. You can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For more information about the show, visit Graphic Nature on the web by typing into your handy web browser or search engine graphicnature.media. Credits! Written, produced, edited, and presented by Zoran Ilyevsky. Audio consultation and additional production. Archie Cuthbertson, Dan Moore. Credits announcer, Simon Winkler. Theme character voices, Zoran Ilyevsky. Audio excerpts of Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency, Wortham vs. Gaines on Decency Standards, used courtesy of New York City Municipal Archives. You've been listening to Graphic Nature, the podcast.